Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Fighter versus the Writer. I am your host, as always. I am Damon Martin, and today I am joined by the man who will help me preview UFC 271. He is the former UFC middleweight champion and apparently a terror to all uh, Madden players on PS5, uh, Chris Weidman. Chris, uh, I see you are just just killing people on Madden football on Sunday nights when you have some free time. Bro, I've been playing too much Madden, man. I don't know what it means. I don't know if it's like I'm depressed or something, but I've been, I got to step away from Madden because I'm getting too damn good. I'm, I beat the number 33 guy in the world yesterday. I beat like, you know, a couple guys in the top, you know, 5,000 over the last week. And I'm like, man, what's going on? I, do I have a future in this? Like, you know, I'm, I'm starting to feel good. My leg's coming back and now I'm at a crossroads. Do I start going full swing into, into fighting again or do I stick with Madden? I don't know. Yeah. Apparently, and apparently from what I see on Twitter, that's not the only game you're good at. Apparently, you can also school Aljamain Sterling in chess and words with friends. So, Chris Weidman, the competitor, is not to be messed with. Let's not leave Connect Four out 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 of the <laughs> out of the picture too, because to be honest, I'm world class when it comes to Connect Four. Uh, words with friends, I'm a nightmare as well. Um, but Connect Four is probably out of every game there is in the world, including fighting, what I'm best at. <laughs> I w- when I saw you post about Madden I had like a memory because I used to be like a hard hardcore Madden player back in the day and I actually had to stop playing because I got so obsessed like I would play like an entire season in like a day uh, and I had to walk away from it because it just got so I was never great at it. I was pretty good I was never great at it but I got fully obsessed so I totally understand the urge to just sit there and play Madden all night it's a, it really is a problem. So I have a group of like 10 friends I went to high school with. And the way we kind of stay in touch over the last uh, almost 20 years is playing Madden. <laughs> so it's like every year when Madden comes out, it's like we reconnect and we play through the season. We do like a franchise together. Uh, and we just, we just like, we end up playing for money. I lose money. I win money. I mostly lose money to be honest. This freaking one kid. He's a cheater. Um, and, uh, 
it's it's fun, man. It's a nice little little getaway from reality, I guess. Um, but it could take it could take a lot of time away from some of the important things. So I have to get better at uh, you know doing the more important things before I dive into Madden. Yeah. Now I, I think I, 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 grow up. I think I saw you play with the Chiefs. Is that your team? Yeah, I'm kind of a bandwagoner, uh, bandwagon fan with that, just for the just for the game. You know, um, Mahomes, I like a mobile quarterback. He's got great wide receivers. The defense I work with well. Um, so, um, and I like their playbook. Yeah, so I'm, I'm a Chiefs guy, and I'm, I'm mad at for this year. But I will mix it up, and I will mix it up, and, and I could beat I could beat people with other teams too. But that's the team I, I I'm more, most complete with. Yeah, just a little, just one piece of advice where we start talking about fighting. I just want to say, as a Cincinnati kid, uh, maybe you should try out the Bengals because apparently they have Mahomes' number. I mean, two times this year, take him to the Super Bowl. I'm super excited for the Bengals being in the Super Bowl this week. I'm just saying, like, you know, Joe Burrow might be, you know, like the uh, the kryptonite to Patrick Mahomes. I'm just saying. Bro, I'm all in on Joe Burrow right now. I'm with you. I'm very, I'm, I'm teetering on that line of crossing over and being a Bengals fan at this point. I'm rooting for the Bengals in the Super Bowl, man. I'm rooting for the underdogs, what they came through in this season. I mean, they lost to the Jets during the year. So, for the fact that they're in the Super Bowl, I, it's, a, it's an amazing underdog Cinderella story, and I'm rooting for them. That city, when was the last time I see people crying? You know, I seen like a guy, he's, he's like nine years old, hysterically crying when they, you know, made it to the Super Bowl. And so you got to feel good for them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's been over, it was over 30 years since a playoff win. I think the last Super Bowl was 88. Uh, which is, you know, I was a kid, so like I don't re- even remember it. So, like, I'm, so like yeah, this is yeah. like a this is a, this is a big time for us Bengals fans. Uh, Chris, of course, awesome. a, a big weekend coming up this week. Before we talk about the fights, let me just ask the obvious question: How are you doing? I know you've been doing your podcast. Uh, you're killing it over there. But I mean, how are you doing in terms of your your leg, your recovery? Uh, I know you're training. You know, so what's going on? How are you? I mean, so I'm almost I'm like doing everything. My leg's not where I need it to be yet to be happy going into the octagon, octagon against like world-class guys and, and thinking I could be the best in the world. Um, it's not there yet just because of strength and some little bit of pain I'm still dealing with in the lower leg uh, while, while like moving around. And, but it, it's progressively getting worse. I mean, I'm pro- getting better. And uh, I think um, in the next month or two, I'll be to the point where I'm happy with it. And, and then I can start like a, pre-training camp you know get get my body back into like hardcore shape and kind of see how the body deals with a, a camp as like a mock training camp and then um and then i'll get into it now probably call the ufc try to set up a fight and then get into a real training camp so uh, do you think i've been do, training do you think, hard do you think so you'll fight in 2022 absolutely 100 100 i'm i want to i want to fight before I, I turn 38 in june that's kind of always that's my goal I, seen the older the older age on the screen when I get introduced um I always been like that even when I was in my 20s I'm like I got I don't want to be you know 29 I want to be 28 you know for the next one so I still have that in me a little bit now I'm just way older um and uh so if I could fight around June early June that would be great again there's a lot and there's a lot of uh a lot in the air uh, and uh, it's very unpredictable. It's this is a very serious injury. I've been through lots of injuries before. I've been, you know, I, you know, I've had 25 surgeries. Blah 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 blah. This is very different. There's just you know a lot of moving parts, and so um, I can't. I you know I have 
goals, you know, when I would like to fight, but I'm not going to die over like a month or two difference, you know, uh, but I am coming back and I am coming back in 2022. And for all my fans out there, I, would, I appreciate the support. And I will just let you know right now that um, I am, uh, I am looking really good at the gym. I'm, I'm training with like some top up and coming guys, uh, you know, some, some undefeated uh, pro MMA guys in my weight class. I'm doing really good. I feel great. Um, I just got to get my body healthy and get out there again. <laughs> I mean, I could walk into a fight tomorrow and probably win against uh, a lot of the guys, but I still want to be better uh, with my leg. So um, I'm, I'm going to take the time and get my body there. Yeah, I know that you need to hear this from me. I'm sure you hear it from a lot of people closer to you, Chris. But let me just say, because I remember we talked a couple of weeks after the injury happened. And, you know, one of the one of the first interviews you did, we talked about it and everything you were going through. Uh, I just, it's amazing, man. I mean, to go through what you went through, the traumatic injury, all the things you had to go through to think you're going to fight in 2022, man, that's just so amazing. It's inspirational really. Uh, because again, you never gave up on yourself and you always had to believe you were going to come back. But I, cause I know I, we talked several times during the injury, you know, the kind of the dark periods you go through when you're dealing with like trying to come back and all that kind of stuff, man, seriously, like not that you need my okay to say, man, that's just amazing. Seriously. I, I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, and it's not, and, and, you know, a lot of people out there, you know, they're like, you know, why are you doing this? You already became world champion. Like, what, what's the point of putting yourself back out there, you know, possibly get knocked out, possibly get, possibly get hurt again? Oh, you know, you, you know, people think I have, you know, other abilities to make money. And, um, and like, why would you be doing this? And I honestly, I, it's not, I'm not doing it for the money. I'm not doing it for any other reason than, like, I, I truly love it. I love training. And if I didn't really believe it and other people around me believe it, that, I'm still very high level and capable, capable of beating anybody. Um, I wouldn't be doing this, you know, if I'm getting, if I'm getting, you know, thrown around in the gym, you know, and I start seeing a decline in my skill set um, as time goes on, I'm not sticking around. And I know a lot of people say this, uh, and so I don't want to be uh, redundant, but this kind of just, I'm just being as honest as, as I can. Um, yeah. So not that I'm going to be fighting forever, but right now, it looks like my body's going to give me another chance at this. And I know I can fight at the highest level. And, uh, and what's, what's better to like for me than to create an awesome story, you know, to motivate and inspire people. Everyone's seen what happened to me and me come back and make a big splash. That's, that really excites me. Uh, so I'm, I'm pumped and I'm, I'm going to keep training hard and, you know, um, I've been quiet online about, you know, how my recovery is really going because I'm doing a ESPN uh, documentary and he's 60 and there's a lot, you know, I can't really put out a lot of the, 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 uh, the setbacks I've had during this time, but there's been a few of them and uh, you know, the full story will come out probably right before my fight. And people will get to see the, the E60 story. It's the same people who did Alex Smith's documentary uh, is doing mine. So um I'm battling every day and uh, we'll, we'll get there, but the story hasn't been told yet. I can't believe it. I, I feel bad. I can't, I'm not be, keep, be really keeping people involved in my everyday life. Like I'd like to, and you know, cause I've had a lot of support and it's because I really can't. So. Yeah. Well, I understand that. Hey, we're still getting the tea here on uh, fighter versus rider right now with you coming back. So I definitely appreciate that. But Chris, let's talk about the subject at hand, which is UFC 271 this week. And of course, um, 
Part of the reason why I wanted to have you on, beyond you being a great analyst, of course, you have a vested interest in this card because you are a middleweight. You are a former champion. You know, we've talked numerous times about the desire to one day fight a guy like Israel Adesanya, Robert Whitaker, and of course, Derek Brunson and Jared Cannonier and another featured middleweight bout. Uh, you, I know you watch the fights and then you, you know, you break down things on your own podcast, things like that. You've done a lot of other interviews, but do you, do you pay special attention when it's a big middleweight fight? Like when it's in your own division, do you get a little more excited. Oh yeah, definitely. I get like a little anxiety because I start like envisioning me fighting these guys and how I would do. And I, and I see their skill set and I'm, and I'm measuring. It's a measuring stick for me to see where I'm at. Uh, so I get a lot more out of that. I get to see the, you know, what, what the new stuff is that people are being creative with and seeing if they can get off in the octagon and, you know, it gives me ideas and it's things I can learn from them. So I, I definitely pay more attention, um, when it's big fights against guys I really respect in the division. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm going to see, you know, some high class martial arts for sure. Yeah. Let me ask, you know, before we talk about the breakdown of the fight, you know, one of the big narratives going into this, and maybe you probably saw it online, you know, Daniel Cormier talked about it on his show, uh, DC and RC, and he talked about, you know, people are already trying to crown Israel Adesanya as the, as the goat, the greatest ever. And, one one downside of our sport, Chris, and you know this, is we all have prisoner of the moment syndrome in this sport, whether good or bad. You win one fight, oh my God, you're the greatest thing ever. You lose one fight, suddenly you're a bum and no one cares about you anymore, which is utterly ridiculous. But this idea that Israel is already the GOAT. Now listen, I have absolutely the utmost respect for Israel Adesanya. I think he's a beast. I think he's done a lot of great things at middleweight. But... You know, I think you're the guy who beat the GOAT. I mean, Anderson Silva, to me, still stands out. I, you know, 10 title defenses, 9 title defenses, whatever it was. All the things he did at light heavyweight as well. Uh, I have a hard time putting anyone above him, you know, and, and you're the guy who beat him. And I know you have a tremendous amount of respect for Anderson. Uh, where do you, because you actually have a, a real voice on this subject, Chris, because you're in this division. You are a former champion. Uh, you're a guy who set your own legacy up in this division. So, I don't know. Where do you fall in this discussion about like the goat does, or should we even be having this discussion? I mean, it's all opinion based. It's all speculative stuff that we'll never know the real answer on. It's all based on people's opinions. So, but it's fun discussion. Can you still hear me? Yeah, I can still hear you. Okay. I thought it went out for a second. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, I always kind of looked at title defenses as the as the kind of the gauge of uh, a, a champion, and, and the amount of times that they held the title is is you know how how great of a champion they were because it's really hard to hold on to that belt for a long time, and um, and Anderson Silva without a doubt was the guy who, who did that more than anybody, uh, and so for me he, you know he's the goat of the weight class, and now I came in I beat him twice. Um, but I wasn't able to defend my belt as many times as he did. And uh, so based on my criteria, I wouldn't say I'm the good of middleweight, but I'm definitely right up there. You know, I defended the belt three times. I you know, had my the competition I had was, was deep and tough. It's old guys on winning streaks that were legends in the sport. Um, but um, but I lost and I haven't got back up there. Know, but based on title reigns, um, I don't know was, was, how many. How many at, does Adesanya have at middleweight right now? That's I think good. he's. A, I think it's a three or four. If actually, it might be three. I think, or not mistaken. So he already defended the belt three times, or he's defending this one. I think this time. might be his fourth, if I'm not mistaken. I think. I think this is his fourth right now. Actually, let me look right now. I got it right in front of me. Let's see here. He has defended his title. Let's see. One, two, three. Yeah, this will be his fourth defense. 
Gotcha. Yeah. So this is a big fight for him. And I think Whitaker, um, he looked so good in that last fight against Gaslam. And, um, you know, you could look at the Gaslam fight where Adesanya fought him. You could look at it and you could compare it to when Whitaker fought Gaslam. Uh, but yeah, I think you had two, two different Gaslams at that time, you know, with different confidence levels. Um, so that, that being said, um, it's hard to take that fight and be like, oh, now, you know, Whitaker's definitely winning. But I look inside those fights and I look how guys have progressed since they fought the first time. Like, so I look at Whitaker and I look at Adesanya since their first fight. And I don't think Adesanya's had a loss. You know, he lost to Blackwoods, got out-wrestled, um, you know, beat Vittori. Um, he's looked good, but I don't think he's looked like he's improved and gotten better and better and more dangerous and more spectacular. Um, I think there's less of a uh, this uh, aura around him than there was, you know, in the beginning. Uh, I think there's chinks in his armor that have been exposed. And Whitaker's obviously had he's had his losses, but um, he has been coming back now and looking better than ever. And I think he has a chip on his shoulder um, going into this fight with you know the crap that Adesanya talked in the first fight and after the fight happened, and how Whitaker kind of just kept to himself and he didn't you know come back at Adesanya and, and try to. Uh, that loser, uh, and, and tried to, uh, you know, talk trash back. He just kept it in, kept training, and you can see he's improved. And now he has his opportunity to get that redemption fight um, against a guy who everyone thinks is the best and the greatest of all time and all this stuff without, in my opinion, you know, I don't think he's at that level to even be spoke about yet. Um, but I understand the glitz and the glamour, the interviews, and, you know, he's exciting. I understand his, what he looks like out there athletically. Uh, but that being said, it's about what you've done and what you've accomplished. And at this point, yeah, he's not there yet with the go talk. I know I'm all over the place. I'm doing the uh, breakdown of Whitaker and Adesanya and also with the go talk <laughs> at the same time. But um, yeah, I, 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 my prediction, since we're just sticking with that, like I, I think um, I think Whitaker makes it happen. I think he's got more of a chip on his shoulder. Um, I think there's, you know, can he wrestle him for five rounds? I don't see that happening just because it's not his style. And I think he would love to do that, but I, and it's maybe he's maybe capable, but I don't think he has the experience of doing that. Um, so I don't see that happening, but I think he can win a couple of rounds with some takedowns and then also be way better than he was the first time. The first time they fought, I've never seen He, he had like a malfunction out there. Um, he was throwing, he was, it was just, it didn't seem, it wasn't his best self for sure. He was throwing these weird haymakers. He looked tense. I don't know if the moment got to him. I don't know if training was wrong. I don't know if the game plan was that way. And, uh, he's learned from it. But if you look at the, the relaxation of him fighting at Sanya that first time, and then his relaxation, his last fight, uh, it's a completely different fighter. Um, and at Sanya, I don't think it's changed that much. So, I just think we have a completely different fight than the first one. Uh, and if he stays calm and doesn't, you know, spaz out of control, like I think he kind of did in that first one, um, I do think he has more tools to win the fight. And uh, and not to just keep coming on Adesanya, on, um, keep talking so good about Whitaker. Adesanya is, I mean, he's the he's the best striker in the, in the division, you know, maybe in, in the UFC, uh, just striking-wise. You know, the way he could... Um, fight from both stances and the way he can mix it up from the kicks to the punches and range control and get into people's minds and his aura that he brings, um, his, his space controlling is, is top notch. And he's great. He has great takedown defense. He's, you know, he, he does good against a lot of top guys and, you know, he's, he's a special fighter for sure, but I just think it's going to be Whitaker's night. 
Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Yeah, I I think it's going to be a lot different of a fight than the first one, of course. I think Robert Whitaker did not look like himself. He doesn't come in there throwing wild haymakers and going crazy, you know, aggressive forward. He's a very tactical, very technical striker, and I, I've been to a lot of Robert's fights. He's a very, very good striker, and he stays within himself when he does that. He doesn't get wild, and the fact that he went out there throwing these crazy overhand punches, it was just a really weird performance from him that night. He's come back since then, went three in a row, and and you're actually about the third person I've talked to, Chris, who says, you know, Robert could also go out there and mix in some wrestling. People kind of underrate his wrestling. Here's the thing. I, I still lean towards Adesanya winning. I don't think it will be anything like the first fight. I think it's going to be like one of those three rounds to two kind of fights where he's going to have to edge him out in a couple of rounds to win the fight and retain the title. But here's a question I have, and I said this a few months ago, and I want to take nothing away from Juliana Pena when she had her big victory. But I said for months leading into that fight, I said, to me, the biggest enemy of Amanda Nunes being the most dominant champion in the UFC right now is complacency. You know, she already beat Ronda. She already beat Misha. She beat Holly. She beat Cyborg. She beat all the goats, all the greatest women's fighters. Can she still get up for somebody who, at the time, Juliana was on a one fight, had only won one fight in a row, hadn't really ever been that, you know, top fighter. And then Juliana came in there with a the mindset of, listen, I'm going to take her out. And she did. It was a brilliant performance from Juliana Pena, but I always said, I think Amanda's worst enemy is complacency. In this case, I don't necessarily think Adesanya's complacency, but it's a rematch. He he demolished Robert Whitaker the first time around. It was a lopsided, one-sided fight. Knocked him out in the second round, I believe. Can he get up for that? Like, I, I got to question that. Like, can he get as excited for the rematch knowing what you did? Because you, you know, Chris, I probably ask you this question. When, when rematches come up that you've won, 
you know, it does get a little harder to get excited when it's like if you go out there and knock out a guy in, you know, two minutes. How do you top that? How do you get better than that? It can only go worse in a way. So am I wrong in thinking that there is some factor that could play a small a small part if Adesanya isn't, you know, isn't totally into fighting Whitaker again? Because you hear his interviews, he says, I haven't really seen that much different from him. You know, did he inc- did he invent a new move or something I haven't seen? Like, not to say he's discounting Whitaker, but it's almost like he doesn't really see Whitaker on his level. And I wonder if that that can't be a mistake. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, I, 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 that definitely is a possibility, and that could be what's going to happen here. But if I'm putting myself in Adesanya's shoes for this one, I think he has a big chip on his shoulder too, and I think he really is going to do everything he can to take this fight serious. He does not want to lose to Whitaker. The whole Australia thing, the fact that he knocked him out the last time, people are saying that Whitaker, you know, didn't fight well and now he's going to fight better. I think there's going to be a chip on his shoulder too um, to where he's doing everything he can to shut this one up. And then maybe we see some complacency uh, moving forward. I think that's, this might be the title defense that if he's able to get through it, you see a little bit big complacency moving forward. I think on this one, there's a lot of, there's a lot of weird bad blood, like where he wants to put this one to bed and he'll feel like he can breathe. Um, I, I still don't think he's to the point where he's feeling like uh, he's breathing at a hundred percent capacity uh, without getting over the second Whitaker win. So I think he, that's why I think we're, I think we're going to have a great fight. I think we're going to have two guys that want to freaking win badly. Um, I just think that Whitaker has maybe even a little bit more and he's bringing more to the table than they did last time. So that's why I'm going Whitaker. But I think, I think both these guys are going to be super motivated for this fight. Yeah. I look forward to it. You know, it's funny, you know, when we talked about, you know, your desire to fight Israel Adesanya, you've always told me, Chris, that you felt like stylistically, you just had a style that could give Adesanya problems. Of course, everyone knows you come from a tremendous grappling and wrestling background. And, and we saw what Jan Blahovich did. And again, doing it again is a whole other story. I mean, Marvin Vittori couldn't go out there and get you know Adesanya down, and, and he couldn't follow that blueprint, so to speak, that Jan did by getting him down, staying on top of him, controlling him on the ground. Uh, I know you've talked about that nauseum. Another big fight on this card is the fight between Derek Brunson and Jared Cannonier. And I, listen, Derek got sliced and diced by Adesanya when they fought a couple years ago. No doubt about it. Lopsided fight. He wasn't setting up his takedowns and he just got picked apart on the feet. Adesanya, and, by, was like, and, and by, and by Whitaker, sorry to interrupt. And by Whitaker, that was yeah. an embarrassing fight too. Yeah. But the way Brunson's been fighting recently, he's been fighting more like a guy who could potentially be a threat. You know, he's been using his wrestling. He's gone back to controlling guys on the ground, beating guys on the ground, things like that. But to get to the winner of Adesanya Whitaker, he's got to go through a guy in Jared Cannonier who has been incredibly tough. His one loss recently was to Robert Whitaker by decision. No shame in that. He went out there and beat Kelvin Gastelum his last time out. Of course, he has the knockout over Jack Hermanson. This is a really interesting fight, especially for Brunson, because this is, you know, Brunson's getting up there. He's in his, he's in his upper 30s, you know. He's getting to the point now where he won't have many more chances to put himself into position to fight for a title. So is it kind of make or break for Derek Brunson? Here? Like a win, maybe he gets a title shot. A loss, maybe he never gets a title shot. Yeah, actually, I think it is. Not to put extra pressure on him, but I think it is one of those fights for him where, you know, he's kind of never been the guy who's really close to fighting for a championship. And now, after all these years of all the ups and downs, he's finally there, you know, and this is his, this is his opportunity. Um, and he's looked better than he has in the past by, by a lot. You know, I was a 
critic of him, just like the way he would, you know, he spaz out. He was so uncomfortable on the feet. He's diving in for takedowns. You know, sometimes he gets it, sometimes he doesn't, but it's just so desperate and uh, not efficient at all. Um, and um, so against the top guys, he, he struggled. But I think recently, I mean, he beat Edmund Shabazian, right? What was the other guy that he did well against recently? Uh, he beat Darren Till, submitted Darren Till. Yeah, okay, yeah. So both these guys, uh, Darren Till was a great one. Shabazian is not that dangerous on the feet. And um, and Darren Till is, you know, he's a welterweight coming up. I wouldn't say he's super dangerous on the feet either. Um, Cannonier is dangerous, you know, and, and and so is Adesanya and so is Whitaker. Now, does that put him back into that into that that state that we've seen him get into before where he's panicking, you know, and he's not comfortable on the feet and it's obvious he's desperate for a takedown and, you know, uh, so like Shabazian, he's super, he was super relaxed with that. And I just don't know. I just don't know if Cannonier is going to put that, that back in him. You know, that, that habit's going to come out again where, oh my God, it's like fight or flight, you know? And um, I, but I will say I'm going with, I am going with Brunson on this one. Um, I, I think um, Cannonier doesn't have great wrestling in my opinion. Um, and I think, and, and I think he will tire if, taken down and held and and I think Brunson's not afraid to be boring you know he's not afraid to go for the takedown so I do think if he could somehow stay calm for a while you know in this fight and get to some takedowns uh, you know he's winning the fight I, 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 I'm going to save my money's on Cannonier. I mean I'm sorry I'm, I'm, I'm freaking uh, Brunson yeah I'm with you I think Brunson wins I like Jared Cannonier very much he hits like a truck a uh, super strong guy, but as you said, I'm not I'm not super confident in his wrestling. And unless he can catch, you know, Derek coming in, I think Derek again, Derek turning to his wrestling to me has been the key to this five, I think five or six fight win streak he's on because he went out there and started taking guys down again. He stopped just going out there trying to knock people out and, and have these kind of crazy wild fights. He actually has gone out there and went back to his bread and butter, which is his wrestling. And, and again, I mean, I think people forget like years ago, like he had, he had taken down and controlled UL Romero on the freaking ground with his wrestling. And then, you know, UL came back, caught him in the third round, knocked him out. And, you know, UL's a, a monster. We all know that. But Derek is an incredible wrestler when he uses it. He's just got to set it up the right way. As you said, he cannot panic out there because Derek, or excuse me, Derek Cannonier only needs one. He hits you one time and you're done. Yeah, absolutely. I just think it comes down to how comfortable uh, Brunson's going to be in there. And uh, I've seen him start the fight where he looks comfortable. You know, I think he really tries to work on that. I think he knows his tendencies of kind of spiraling out of control. And he really tries to harness himself. But I think once he is in a dangerous situation, he tends to just punch as hard as he can. His chin comes up in the air. You know, he'll run across the octagon to try to hit and then look for the legs, you know. And um, against a good guy who's more relaxed than that, that's a dangerous situation to be in. Um, so if he could if he could harness, uh, you know, his, you know, just, and just be comfortable in, in that fight, I do think he's winning the fight. Yeah, I agree. One more fight I want to talk about real quick, Chris. We talk about, you know, fighting up or fighting down to the moment. I think that's a big thing in, in these huge fights like this. And, and the co-main event actually features a heavyweight fight with Derek Lewis fighting Tai Tuivasa. And Derek is back in his hometown of Houston. And Derek has talked about recently, you know, the pressure of fighting at home. I think it was a Cyril Gon fight and a couple other moments, you know, the, the, the Daniel Cormier fight in particular in New York where the moment kind of got to him, the pressure kind of got to him. And I think Derek Lewis is a monster. I think he's, again, one of the most powerful punchers we've ever seen in this sport. And and I think that 
don't know. You tell me if I'm wrong, but like, I think Derek is one of those guys who will always be a threat. He'll always be, you know, incredible knockout. And if you test him on the feet, chances are you're going to sleep. I don't think Derek will ever be a champion. And I don't mean that as an insult. He's had two chances come up short and both of them are pretty lopsided fights. We're being honest. He lost pretty lopsided to DC lost pretty lopsided to Cyril gone. I just think Derek's one of those guys who's going to be like the number three guy in the world. And there's no shame, by the way, of being the third best heavyweight in our sport. I just don't think he's ever going to be a champion. I don't think he's ever going to come up to that moment. I just don't feel like Derek wants it. Like, it just seems like he kind of wilts in the spotlight a little bit when it comes to those big moments. That being said, Taizui Vasa, big puncher, moves forward. That's a guy that Derek Lewis typically feasts on. And, and this is, again, co-main event. Spotlight's not on him. Not a title fight. Not five, not five rounds. These are all things that make me believe Derek Lewis is going to win this fight. But again, it's a real thing when we talk about the pressure and how he's dealt with that. I just don't think he likes being in those moments. Yeah, I, I agree. I th- and, and I think especially when he's in there with someone and those pressure pressures there, I think he tends to shut down. Um, but I, I think with Ty Tuvasa, if he's moving forward on him, and uh, so you know, you back a pit bull into you know into a corner, they they have no no choice other than to jump and bite your neck, you know. And I think I'm pretty sure that's what we're gonna see. Um, I think the black piece, and I like I like to tie to Tuvasa a lot, um, but yeah, I go with the the power that. That, that Derek has is uh, like no other heavyweight, I don't think, you know, and look how Francis Nagano fought him, you know, there's a reason, there. he felt it, you know, um, he has a different type of power, he throws it from anywhere, it's intimidating, it's either, you know, you wear him down, take him down, get him tired, and he, he kind of like, you know, bending over his belly aches, like, you know, it's either you get that guy, or you get this freaking monster who's determined to take your head off, and um, we'll see which one we got coming up. Yeah, I, I'm one of those guys, like, I think, you know, again, and Ty, I like Ty, too, and Vasa very much. He's an incredibly good fighter. He's been on a great streak, but he's one of those guys, he, he does get hit. You know, we saw him get tagged a little bit in the Greg Hardy fight. He came right back and knocked him out, of course, but, you know, he does get hit, and you can't get hit with Derek Lewis. You know, that's that's literally like playing with dynamite. Like, that guy just touches you. I mean, I remember the Curtis Blades fight. You know, Curtis ducked his head the wrong way one time uppercut done. I mean, that's just Derek Lewis's power. He just needs to, he didn't need to hit you hard. He just needs to catch you like glancing blow and you're done. And so I just think like, and again, I, I would pick Derek to win a lot of fights at heavyweight. There's a lot of guys at heavyweight in the top five, top six in the world. I think he beats. I just don't think he, I don't think he really want. I don't think he cares. I don't think champion. I don't think he just has that mentality where he wants to be a champion or he kind of lives up to that moment. And you know what? That's okay. Some people aren't there. Some people you've been there, you know what it's like to be a champion. You know, the pressure that comes along with that. Some guys just aren't into that. It's completely okay. He can spend the rest of his career making millions of dollars, knocking out everybody else, winning a lot of money. Nothing wrong with that whatsoever. So I want to make that clear. Like I'm not bashing Derek Lewis. I just don't think he's a guy who really cares about being a champion necessarily but you put him in there with anybody else three round fight especially good chance you're going to sleep yep yep i agree i agree with you um yeah i don't know if he's really you know to be a champion you gotta like like you got gone who got out wrestled so now he's bringing in like you know wrestlers from chechnya you know francis again i want to work on wrestling he you know, he brought him wrestlers and he was working like a madman to, to be, you know, become a better wrestler and it worked out for him. And I don't think 
Derek Lewis is the guy where if he gets out wrestled or if he gets out kickboxed, that he's bringing in people to try to better himself and like really learn new techniques. I could be wrong, but just kind of from the things I've known, from things I've heard and, and know from, you know, hearing him and, you know, whatever his team is, uh, is pretty much that. Like, I don't know if he's willing to put that extra work in. Like, when you can go out there and pretty much knock out anybody, it's hard to, 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 to put that extra work in when you don't really need to. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's heavyweight, man. Like you said, you know how heavyweight goes. You know, again, one shot done. You don't really need much more. Uh, and that's you know, again, Derek Lewis, that guy. So I, I like Derek Lewis to win this weekend. I like Derek Lewis to win a lot of fights. Don't think I don't think he'll become heavyweight champion. I don't know that he even really cares to become heavyweight champion. If he gets paid like a champion, I think that's going to matter more. <laughs> if you hear Derek yeah. Lewis, he's all about the money. And you know what? We forget sometimes it is prize fighting. So if he's all about the money, let him be all about the money. I'm completely okay with that. Yeah, yeah. He, he might be smarter than everybody. So <laughs> yeah, uh, Chris, before I let you go and I appreciate you breaking everything down with me today. Uh, of course, you've also got your podcast. I mentioned won't back down. What else you got going on? Anything else you got going on right now? You're always busy. As I said, smoking fools on Madden. Anything else you got coming up? <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, no, just my podcast won't back down. It's on all the, uh, the podcast platforms. And uh, that's it, man. I'm just doing physical therapy and I'm training hard and uh, and my kids are wrestling and my daughter's doing dance and basketball. And I'm just living that, that family man life, you know, very busy in the afternoons. And during the day, I'm, I try to kill myself with workouts and try to eat healthy as long as possible. Now, how are you, how, how are you, how are you as a dad on the sidelines when your kids are doing sports? Are you the dad like freaking out and like threatening the referees lives? Like, how are you as a dad watching your kids in competition? I am uh no, I am. My, my wife yells at me sometimes for not being more involved and not like yelling at the ref about something, you know? And I'm like, come on, they're kids. Like, it doesn't matter. You know, I just understand just because, you know, I still, compete on a professional level and I've always been an athlete my whole life and I've seen different fathers and their the way they you know are with their kids and you know there's no right or wrong answer uh but for me I think the the best way for the relationship of the dad and the son and also the best way to have your kid uh you know be successful in whatever they want to become successful in is just to be there to support them to love them and if I could offer any advice you know and any any tech, technical advice of a sport, if they're willing to listen, I'm ready to teach. But a lot of times the kids don't want to learn from you, you know, and that's kind of just how it is. Like, like, you know, I've wrestled my whole life. I'm a decorated wrestler. You know, I, people would pay me to, you know, do prior lessons with me. But my, my kids, you know, they don't want to learn from me. I try to teach them something. They start walking the other way. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm, and it's frustrating because I want to give them this shortcut of years and years of stuff that I learned. But at this point, they're not ready to learn from me. And if I start pushing them and pushing them, it's just going to divide me and them and our relationship. And it's not worth it. It's about living. I think the, the, instead of teaching your kids and trying to show them and try to, you know, uh, say certain things to them and whatever, I think it's more important to just watch them, let them watch you do you, you know, and let them learn from your actions, not from your words. And uh, not that I'm perfect at all. I'm, you know, I play Madden too much. But I, I do when I hit that workout room, I, I, I will outwork everybody and I'll try to kill myself uh, and push myself to the, 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 the highest, the highest level, the, 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 the breaking point every single time and then keep pushing. And I, that's what I try to do. And 
my kids are not doing that at this point. And is it frustrating to see that I know what their potential could be and, you know, how good they could be if they actually do this now, but they're not ready yet. And if I, I can't push them to do that, that that's something they got to learn on their own. And I think that's a hard thing for parents is that, you know, every parent kind of knows more than their kid because the kid is a kid uh, and they want to like teach them. And it's very frustrating when your kid's not ready to learn from you, you know, and listen to you. And so now you try to jam it down their throat and then you have a battle, you know, and then you're forcing them to do something they don't want to do anymore, you know, and uh, that's, and then relationships deteriorate and, and it's a sad story. So I'm trying my best. It's tempting. It's very tempting to push, but I'm trying my best to just, uh, enjoy and love them and uh, be there for them as much as I possibly can. I don't want to miss sporting events. I don't want to miss practices. I want to be there for as much things as possible uh, and, and just be there for the ups and downs and be the best fan I could be of them. Yeah, but be honest. You're looking forward to the day when one of them's old enough that you can crush them in Madden. Be honest. Like, it's okay to say that, Chris. You want to be, you want to, you want to have some in-house competition. <laughs> My one son, my my nine year old, is actually pretty good. He's beat one of my friends. He beat my one of one of my friends four times the other day. <laughs> he, he was traveling from California, and he thinks he's good at Madden. My son beat him four times. He's not bad. He's not again. He should be learning from me at Madden, but yet he tries to do his own way. And I just gotta let him make his, his mistakes. And one day he'll come to daddy and ask, ask for help. So and then, he, and then he'll be then he'll be good. Oh, he'll I love be it. Good. He'll be great. I love it. Uh, Chris, again, thank you for taking the time. As always, man, I appreciate it. Uh, look forward to watching the fights this weekend, man. And again, congratulations on coming back, man. I cannot wait to see you back in action. As always, I'm sure we'll chat again when that gets closer. But uh, thank you, as always, for doing this, man. I really do appreciate it. Let's catch up again soon, okay? Yeah, and I really appreciate you uh, having me on. This was fun. And uh, you're always a gentleman. And uh, you, you uh, definitely have the reputation of that the fight community and that's hard to have after all this year so kudos to you on that um and then um yeah and i i also want to just apologize again i don't know if you're airing about my background here for the podcast i don't mean to be the guy who's driving uh being <laughs> on your podcast because i i know like when i do a podcast now i have it my own and someone you know i got like an hour podcast set with them and they're in their phone in their car and they're driving i'm like you gotta be freaking kidding come on man the audio sucks now and like you know i don't know my producer's going nuts so i apologize you know i just uh, my day got mixed up with the times and and you know i have to go train so no worries at all chris i appreciate you doing this and thank you for the kind words i appreciate that as well and uh again look forward to chatting again here in the near future best luck with the podcast and uh again we'll chat soon okay my man damon keep it up buddy all right talk to you soon enjoy the grind yeah all right bye-bye there you go, Chris Weidman, the great Chris Weidman. I tell you what, I mean, to go with he, again, not to turn this into this, we were talking about UFC 271 breaking down the card. Uh, to go what he's gone through and to talk about even potentially coming back in June, uh, that's amazing. Again, inspirational. And again, he doesn't need me telling him that. I'm sure he's going to hear that a thousand times over between now and when he actually books a fight. Amazing. And again, I say this as a guy who not only you know, watched what happened to him in that fight, but I've talked to him several times and had several interviews with Chris since then. And uh, it's incredible. It's just incredible. So yeah, it's huge, man. So, so exciting. He's going to be back. And of course, UFC 271 this weekend. Uh, cannot wait for that card. Make sure you follow us 
all week long on MMA Fighting. The great Jose Youngs is going to be out there covering the event in Houston. Uh, we'll have coverage of Media Day on Wednesday. We'll have coverage on the press coverage on Thursday. Of course, weigh-ins Friday and then fight night coverage on MMA Fighting on Saturday night. Uh, again, want to say thank you to Chris Weidman for joining me on the show this week. And uh, we'll be back next week with another edition of The Fighter versus The Rider. Make sure you check us out on all your favorite podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, and of course, as I always say, on MMAfighting.com. Uh, we'll see you guys next week for another edition of The Fighter versus The Rider. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you then. Media Podcast Network. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it.